That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and we are in the Steel City, which, by the way, why did they, did they not give us that option to Pittsburgh our stakes anymore? I feel like I'm, I don't get that enough, and that is a very underrated way to get your stakes. We are here tonight. Get excited for the Steel City and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's time for TSS Fantasy. <laughs> Yeah! It worked for the rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got planted. That's what it is! This court is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy! All right, ladies and gentlemen, you see there's some lightning behind me already. Let's get excited tonight. We are in the Steel City for some Pittsburgh Steeler football tonight. We got a lot to get started with. Let's start with the introductions. Welcome into the studio, Justin Jesus Herrera. Oh, shoot. Okay. So, this Wi-Fi is going to fudge me up a little bit here, but I have something for uh -oh. Pittsburgh here. So, here it is, Kamish. I didn't go on site this <laughs> my bad. That's, hey, listen, that's how we get it started here tonight. All right, sound effects bad. right there. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. But anyways, it already knew I was going to come down on Pittsburgh with the rage of a thousand gods. When I say this, I looked up Chappy GBT today and I told him, hey, give me something. I need all of the Kenny Pickett supporters in one stadium photo. And this is what I got. This is all of the Kenny Pickett supporters in Pittsburgh, everybody. You know, Coop, they did a survey who they would rather have than Kenny Pickett. On that survey, Cordero Stewart, Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges. We had Byron Leftwich. We had May we had the ghost of uh, Ben Roethlisberger's arm. Hell, even post-surgery, Ben Roethlisberger made it on that list. I'd rather see Terry Bradshaw throwing the football than Kenny Pickett out there. He is officially deemed Kenny can't flick it, Pickett. Wow. The haterade from the NFC, or was that the, yeah, the NFC North last week, it's all of a sudden, it's back again, or excuse me, the NFC South last week is back I don't this week for, for the <laughs> North. He's trying to get the get the, our, our uh, guests fired up. That's all it is, guys, so don't worry. He's not a true Pittsburgh hater. Where's Nick at, by the way? This is supposed to be your team. I know you're down there in DR having a great time, but listen, we're going to pick on your team a little bit tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Let's get it started tonight. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a solid. Hit that subscribe button. Get a like. Get a comment. It's little things stopping you from doing it, but big things popping for us when you do. 
please go ahead and hit all those great things. Don't forget also get to our sponsors. Use the promo code TSS for Underdog Fantasy. We'll double that deposit up to $100. Also, Jazz Sportsbooks as well. Like I said, lots of different um, options every week. So use the promo code TSS there as well. And if you're looking for some championship bling for your fantasy champion, go to Pro-Am Belts today. They got lots of great championship bling for you. All right, well, let's get things started. I'm going to bid Justin adieu, and let's hear from the doc. We'll see you in a bit. The doc is in. We're in the steel city of Pittsburgh. What's up, doc, and what's going on in the house call? Hey there, let's start with Najee Harris. So, in his two-year career, he has never missed a regular season game. But he did get banged up a little bit last season, right? Most importantly, or most concerningly, I guess, was that Liz Frank sprain he had in camp last season. It cost him four weeks leading up to the season, and he potentially re-injured it in week number one, if you recall, when he limped off the field. There were some other smaller issues, but that foot sprain is the most concerning, especially for a running back. Now, the offseason gave him more than adequate time to heal. So I'm expecting him to improve to that rookie year production, maybe beyond. But last year, he did show us his durability. We're going 15% of the bench for Harris. Moving to Allen Robinson. So we look at player trends to predict future performance, but it's really tough to find trends with Robinson. In nine season, his range is one game to 16 games with a mean of 11 and a median of 13 games per season. He's played in all regular season games four times over that period. I don't know. Flip a coin. That's better than any educated guess. Allen Robinson, 50% of the bench. And lastly, Deontay Johnson. So here's another consistent guy, only missing two regular season games in total over his four-year career. But after trending in a very, very positive direction his first three seasons, last year, bit of a letdown. According to Sleeper, here we go. He, quote, set a new standard. Or high volume, low efficiency receiving. That's maybe the worst thing you can say about an NFL receiver. So his production's in question, but his consistency is not. We're going to go 15% of the bench. Oh, what a ringing endorsement there for me, Mr. Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, Doc, we appreciate you. We will see you tomorrow for Baltimore. All right. Well, we are back. Thank you, Doc. We are back to welcome in our Pittsburgh Steelers guests. We got a lot to break down. Let's bring them in. Our next stop on our summer tour, we visit the Steel City. Wave your terrible towels for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I probably could have used a better cartoon there for picking. Like, I don't know what's up with that. All right, well, welcome in. Listen, it's 4th of July Eve, so let's get it popping tonight. You probably hear all the popping outside my neighborhood. Well, first, we'll welcome into the studio. We've got a couple friend, old, old friends. Let's welcome them in first. Chris from that effing show. Welcome into the studio, my friend. Hey, thank you. Easy with that word old, my friend. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. That effing sports show. We are actually, it's cool to be here for this show because on that Evan sports show, we have Adam Holes from Adam Holes Sports on. We're breaking down every single team, kind of like you're doing, only we're doing it by record. And 
we'll get more into the record that we gave the Steelers, but it's good. And I know people don't like it. I know people are mad about all of us that are up on the Steelers, but even when you look at it from a record perspective, it's really hard to get the Steelers out of double digit wins. We'll talk more about that later. It's good to see everybody. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Jason. Chris is already breaking things and we got, we got <laughs> the intro, bro. All right, slow down, yeah, slow down. We got yeah. plenty of time. We got plenty of time. All right, let's welcome also <laughs> Gladys from the front. Well, I'm sorry. You're from, I was going to say from the trenches because I was just still back in that mode from back last year, but um, from going for two, welcome in. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, I do podcasts for going for two on tonight and Thursday night. We do a no particular order podcast where we mock draft just different things. I do a little writing for going for two and as well. It's a pleasure to be here with um, both of you that I know and her. So I will be on another podcast with Sunday, I believe. So I'm excited to talk right. about, you know, the to be Super Bowl champs, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, I love it. And actually, Hollywood Titans already checking in, saying what's up to Herms. We got it all fired up tonight. He's a new friend to the studio. Herms, welcome into the studio, my friend. What is up? What is up? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on to talk about the best team. So, you know, we have that going for us. That's also a good time. And, uh, yeah, no, shout out uh, America's birthday tomorrow. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> He's frozen. He and he's back. Look, Sorry. It's, it's Fourth of July. Mother Nature is celebrating early I, down there in Miami. I know. Parties and you know, you can't help you can't you can't fight Mother Nature. I got, I got lightning out here. I got fireworks. I mean, it, you can't ask for anything better here in Florida. I gotta tell you. All right, well, let's get it started. Let's talk about last season real quick. Steelers nine and eight. Third in the AFC North, um, offensively, points per game, you were 26, 18.1. Yards per game, 23rd, 322.6. Passing yards, 200.6, that was 24th. Rush yards, 121.9, that was 16th in the league. Defensively, 20.4 points per game, that puts you 10th in the league, not too shabby. Yards against, 330.4, that's 11th. Passing yards per game, 222. Oh, and he's frozen again. But it's okay. A convenient spot. It is a convenient spot to freeze because where was I at the defense? Yeah, you're at the passing yards. You're at passing yards. You can skip over that one. Well, it wasn't bad. You were nineteenth, two twenty-two point three, so not horrible. And rush yards ninth, one hundred eight point one, so not too shabby there. So let's go around the room. Three words or less, Chris. Sum up last season and then expand on it for me. Ready to go. That is our takeaway from last season. Look, we were one tie away from the same record as last year, nine or uh, the year before. Nine, seven, and one and twenty-one. Nine and eight. Drop down from second to third. We win. Uh, what do we win? Like uh, I think it was seven of the last nine or eight of the last ten, something like that. We come out hot at the end of the schedule we start getting things together i mean yeah you got a rookie quarterback in there of course there's going to be regression you just went from you know a hall of famer to a rookie we made a lot of changes but the changes worked they were definitely firing off by the end of the season coming into this season the second year gelling of everything finally coming together and working matched with the schedule that we have 
I'm telling you, it's double-digit wins or bust for this team, and it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue. It's well, I I would actually beg a different. Gladys, I'll go to you next. Give me three words or less about last season. Expand on it for me. Tell two halves. First half, Pittsburgh went two and six. Second half, they win six out of seven. Pickett had eight interceptions before the bye in week nine. After that, he had one interception. He had two throwing touchdowns before the bye in week nine. After that, he had five. T.J. Watt out for seven games with T.J. Watt in the lineup. The Steelers are eight and two. Without T.J. Watt in the lineup, they are one and six. With T.J. Watt in the lineup, they allow 16.9 points per game. Without T.J. Watt, without T.J. Watts, they allow 25.3 points per game. With T.J. Watts, 288.8 yards per game. Without T.J. Watts, 389.9 yards per game. A tell of two halves, a tell of two people. Kenny Pickett ascending, T.J. Watt getting better. Both of them ascending, Kenny Pickett getting better, T.J. Watt healthy. I mean, it's it, the numbers speak for themselves. A tale of health is what Gladys says. I would have to. He's agreeing. That's what he has to say. That he yes, would have to of course. Because, well, I can't. I mean, he can't not agree. Oh, I could tell that's where he was going for sure. There's no I know. Way. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going I'm to lose I'm the, it for I'm sure. I'm the judge in this one. I think that's exactly where he was going with that one. <laughs> there we go. See? We, I like it. I like it a lot. ruling. Judge era. All right, I'm going to slide in here just in case he has more problems. Uh, let's go to Herm's three words or less. Tell me about it. Yes, it, for me, it's it's post by week. I mean, that's really where everything was the tipping point, especially for offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Like, he knew his job was kind of on the line. If things didn't get figured out, it was going to be over for him. But after the bye week, they came back, I think it's from like week 10 on. It was really interesting. So I did a lot of the, actually a lot of, all of the Steelers players' profiles over there on DraftSharks.com. Haha, <laughs> plug. That's my day job. And so like I looked into all of this, how the offense did pre and post buy, And there were just like massive shifts in their offensive philosophy. So the really interesting thing is from week one through eight, pre bye week, we're talking about an offense that ranks seventh in pass rate, 28th in total yards per game, 28th in play success rate, and then also 31st in drive success rate. So, you know, if you're second worst in the amount of drives you have that end in either a field goal or a touchdown, things aren't going so well. But they shifted back to the run-heavy, just smash-mouth style of Pittsburgh Steelers football that we all know and love. Post, bye week, <laughs> all the way down to 27th in pass rate. But up to 15th in total yards per game fifth in play success rate, and third in the entire NFL in drives ending up in some sort of score. It's like, yeah, it wasn't really that fun to watch. It's not super flashy. It's not because Kenny Pickett was out there just launching bombs, but he was good enough at being a game manager that this team can score. So if they keep doing the offense that they were doing to end last year, which is pretty much what a lot of the reporting has said they're going to do, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Post bye week gonna be fine he says just fine indeed i mean nine and eight what was pretty fine last year but let's see they can expand on it because we talked about what is let's talk about or excuse me what was let's talk about what is so marquee additions alan robinson isaac and i'm gonna mess this up sumalo at right guard landon roberts at linebacker subtractions cameron sutton cornerback 
Devin Bush, linebacker, and Terrell Edmonds, safety as well. So lost a little bit there. In the draft, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia. Uh, Joey Porter, corner from Penn State in round two. Also in round two, uh, Keanu Benton with from Wisconsin as well. <laughs> All right. So after that, we got round three. Darnell Washington, personal favorite of mine. I think he was a great tight end coming out of Georgia. Then we got edge rusher Nick Hedberg out of Wisconsin. Corey Trice Jr. out of Purdue, the corner. Then you guys finish it up with a guard with Spencer Anderson out of Maryland. Um, you got Patrick Peterson. Now, do you want to take Oh, over? yeah, you're good. Yep. So now we're just going around the room. If you guys just were basically, let's go opposite. Uh, let's go to Herm first. Give me a prediction for this year. Tell me where you guys are going to be at and why. I mean, based off of the information we have, I mean, like looking at their schedule and the different moves that they've made, I mean, they could probably win like 10 or 11 games, something like that. I feel like that's pretty well within reach. I mean, like people are going to look at that and say like, oh, it's absurd. But, you know, everything I said earlier about how the offense got better and the fact that they're just going to do that new thing. And I think the additions to the defense are things that people don't appreciate too much. Because even like Gladys said, like Patrick Peterson. Okay, we forgot that name, folks. All right. Yeah. You know, he ain't what he used to be, but at the same time, you use that. Thank you for the 30-second pick, Chicago. You, uh, you know, you get a veteran like Peterson. You go ahead and add Joey Porter Jr. And that kid, Trice, that they drafted, like, he was one of those guys that I know, like, a lot of the draft Knicks were saying, like, you know, like, sneaky good developmental guy. Like, maybe we'll see where he goes. And, like, a lot of the OTA reports were saying, like, this, he's good. So I feel pretty cool about that. My only big concern, though, that will be kind of the Achilles heel is, like, the middle linebackers because, like, Landon Roberts is cool. Uh, Cole Holcomb was definitely, like, the big middle linebacker signing that I was excited about because, you know, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. I see a lot of the commander stuff, too. Like, Holcomb can ball, but they still don't have depth at that part <laughs> of the defense. <laughs> and they tried. They tried. They tried the best they could, but it's, just, it's, it's insufficient in my mind. But, you know, they've made – a lot more happened with a lot worse in the past. So don't take that as me just, you know, kind of pooping on the parade. Like, I still think they're going to win several games, 10 or 11. All right, a little a little poopy from Herm. What do you say, Gladys, uh, about this Steelers season? Let me get a prediction from you and why. Um, I, I say 11 games solid. This is the first time since, like, 2017 that the Steelers have had a third-place schedule. And it looks pretty – like, they play San Francisco first home game what, in like 10 years or something, that they play San Francisco, which is the best time to get them because they have no idea who their quarterback is going to be. And we have Alex Smith, and we have um, a healthy T.J. Watt, and we have Cam Hayward, who are going to just destroy him. And on the offensive side, I Darnell Washington, to me, is like the sleeper pick of the entire draft. I mean, this guy's like an offensive lineman who is going to score in the red zone. I think he's getting – what was it? Um, Pat Frymouth had the most touchdowns of a rookie tight end with seven in like seven years. I think uh, Washington's going to surpass that. Like you have to look at Deontay Johnson. You have to watch out for Allen Robinson. You have to watch out for Pat Frymouth. Just put, just put this huge six foot six to what? two sixty, two forty, or something like that. Just put this offensive lineman who catches balls like a tight end in the red zone. Boom. I, I'm going 11 games easily. Cleveland, I'm not worried about. We'll probably split with Cincinnati and Baltimore. We play them early, so we'll beat them early because 
Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham, but he's not the Odell Beckham that we're used to. They've upgraded their wide receivers, but the Steelers are two and one against Lamar Jackson and five and one against the Ravens. And I'm not worried about the Ravens at all. I mean, Gladys bringing the big boy noise tonight. And let me just <laughs> let me say this: it's ironically funny. Justin trashes the Steelers, and Gladys unwittingly trashes Justin's team. Not <laughs> All right, let's. Chris. Hey, hey, Gladys, Gladys, I'll be yeah. there for the first game to watch uh-huh. Brock Purdy throw five touchdowns on the <laughs> <laughs> He was biting his tongue, so he's back there biting his tongue. All right, Chris, what say you, my friend? Give me a prediction and why. Uh, I've got 11 and a P, and that's solid. Uh, again, as a fan, I predicted 13 and 3 on that FN Sports show, but realistically, it's 11 or 12. Um, and the points have been brought up. The improvements are there. Yeah, the lack of depth at, at, at that linebacker position is, is a, a reason to worry. But until the injuries happen, it, it's, I mean, Pittsburgh is known for their defense. They've always handled business there. And I expect that trend to continue. So I'm really not worried about that. Look, last year we split with Cincinnati. Um, yeah, we got schlacked by Philly. We got schlacked by Buffalo. And there was a game against Cleveland that we got schlacked, but that was a Trubisky game. Since then, every single loss that we had last year, those eight losses uh, minus those three. So the other five losses were all within one score. They were all winnable games, but we had a brand new quarterback. We got a fresh offense. Najee was not 100%. Now he is. This offense is ready to go, and I know that's the obstacle for everybody is the offensive production from last year, the offensive production from this year. There's some inconsistency at wide receiver. You heard what the doc said about Deontay Johnson, but there is nowhere to go but up and no reason to think that there's you're going to see anything but improvement based off what we saw from last year. The numbers are there to support. I mean, the point differential in – 2021, we scored 343 points. That's Roethlisberger thrown over 600 times, 664 as a team. Last year, 308. It's a 35-point differential. Only in 21, they had 12 more touchdowns. So in 12 less touchdowns, we still managed to score only 35 less points. We were number one in interceptions. And, yeah, we probably won't be number one again because we've had some changes backfield. No reason to think that we're going to fall out of the top five, though. Number 15 in sacks. With Watt coming back, expect that number to stay right there. If not, improve. That's like the worst-case scenario as far as I'm concerned. We got San Francisco in week one, which was brought up. But, look, we got six division games, so those can split either way. Those can go either way. We know that Lamar can't throw. He's never produced a top receiving core, no matter who he had, with Odell or anybody else in there. So a split – if not, a sweep is not out of the question. Cincinnati, we split with them last year. No reason we can't keep that trend going. And Cleveland, I mean, is Cleveland at least a split, if not a sweep? Then we got four games against the NFC West. We got San Francisco in week one, which is already brought up. We got the Rams. Yes, they got Cup back. Love Cup. One of most dominating. People are going to underestimate the Rams because they forgot about Cup because he wasn't there. But how good is Stafford going to be? Is Stafford really going to be that good? Are the Rams going to be able to support Cup anywhere else? We got Arizona. Okay. I'm not going to say anything about that. And then we got Seattle in week 17. That's going to be a game, but it's going to be a game. Our team will know what they are. They'll know what they're doing. They'll have a game plan. They'll be ready to play a Seattle in that week. Then we got four games against 
one of the worst divisions of football, the AFC South. We got Houston in week four. We got Jacksonville in week eight, Tennessee week nine, Indy in week 15. No reason we can't win three, if not all four of those games. Our outliers are Las Vegas in week three, nice and early when everybody's still in a fog. Green Bay in week 10, not a lot of faith in them this year. And yes, New England in week 14. Tomlin does not have a great record. I think he's two and seven against Bill Belichick. New England's got a fantastic defense, but they got to come to Pittsburgh. And Nobody wants to play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. The fact of the matter is, again, nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to admit to it. But when you look at the numbers, you look at the facts as they sit in front of you. As my two uh, teammates, Steelers, our whole fan base agrees. It's a 11 wins, probably even 12. I'm solid there. Chris got the big boy noise tonight. Even going as far as saying Lamar can't throw. Wow. Prove me wrong. Wow. Prove me wrong. That was a big one. All right. Well, um, your compadre, we had one of you, unfortunately, could not, um, I guess, was running late, but it's late. And, oh, man, these freaking fireworks are killing me. Um, unfortunately, he is running late. So, Justin is going to have to join Herms tonight, and it's going to be Gladys and Chris on the other side. Yeah. We're gonna oh. play, we're gonna play a little fantasy quiz show tonight, Steelers edition. Basically, this works just like fantasy feud. You guys will all team you guys up against one each other to shout the answer out. Whoever has the highest will get control for their team. You guys get three strikes. If you get three strikes, the other team gets a chance to steal. All right. Well, I hope you're ready. I know I am, and I'm sorry, Herm, for the weak link. It's time for the fantasy <laughs> There seems to be no sign of intelligence. It's the fantasy quiz show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a long game. Not going to be a lot of herbs like I'm out. <laughs> you said, Justin, you better pray on it. <laughs> Not going to be a long game tonight because we got Steeler experts in the building. All right. Well, I guess it's tipped out. (laughs) He said, Justin, you better pray on that, my brother. All right. Let's start out. Let's go Herms and Gladys. Got to get our guests to go on one on one. Let's start it out tonight. All top five answers on the board. We're going to go all time history. I'm going to make this like a little late. Ah, I like it. I like it. Oof. Suspense. <laughs> the suspense, suspense is killing me. I mean, this it, is it, really it, the height of entertainment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right after this commercial break. No. All right. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. Like I said, it's just a lightning fiasco down here right now. All right. So I'm looking for all time history. Top five answers. Your past TD leaders. Past TD leaders. <laughs> Go right ahead, Herm. He's got his own buzzer. He does. Terry Bradshaw. He came with a buzzer. Great job there, Terry Bradshaw. Number two on the list. 212. Gladys, you get a chance to get number one. I suck at trivia. I'm sorry. Sorry, Chris. Um, I, I'm i going to have to go 
Big Ben, he played longer. Big Ben. Big Ben is on the list. You stole it. He is number one, 418 all time. Well, you got it for your team. Chris, you are up, my friend. What you got? This is all-time touchdown leaders. No, is it touchdown or passes? Pass TDs. Yep, pass okay. TDs. Okay, so it's pass TDs. Yeah. Um, you guys took the top, like the main. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> crap. Ask touchdown leaders. Who else even can compete there? Um, O'Donnell. Ooh. Neil O'Donnell. Is that is that what the is that what the yes guess yes, yes okay so. Neil O'Donnell's number four on the list. 68. Really? Yep. So you're wow. missing three and five. No strikes. How many did Neil Donald have? Number four? 68, I think he said. Say 68. Oh. 65, 60-something. How many, how many did Neil O'Donnell have at number four? It's 68. 68. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. <laughs> He is there on this list. He is number three, actually, with seven. <laughs> All right, one left. Chris, can you get okay. it? No idea. No idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? It's not like we have like a lot of quarterbacks. So, know, right? right here. The bar um, is very low. If Neil O'Donnell had 66, who's who's number five at 22? Um, God. Bubby Brister. Bubby Brister. Oh, no. Gladys. And what am I looking for? What, what position? Where am I? Three? Number five. Where, five. Oh, the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Bobby Brister as an answer. Then, um, well, thank you. Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane, she says. Number five, Bobby Lane with sixty. Six. Wow. Great job. If you don't well, we only know, have like six quarterbacks. You know. If you don't know, now you know. But check it out, Justin. You got saved by the bell. Luckily, <laughs> the other, <laughs> our other guest is Ed. If he's in a car, it doesn't matter. Welcome in, my brother. 
What's going on, guys? Yes, I am just getting out of work now. We got our asses handed to us, and uh, uh, yeah, that was a good little trivia question there. All right, all good because you're teamed up with Herms right now. They went up first, and now it's you versus the guy above you, Chris, for this second question. Here we go. Top five answers are on the board. I mix things up a little tonight, so I hope you guys watch the show prior because I mix things up just a little bit. I want to know all-time history. I'm looking for your coaches with the best winning percentage. They're five? Cower. <laughs> Bill Cower. Am I up? Bill Cower is on the list. He's number two, however. He's uh, 623 winning percentage. You can now you can steal if if you still uh, if you name the number one answer. Uh, am I up then? Yes, that I sir. Sorry, I missed the rules. I missed the uh, oh, ground. Okay. It's like family feud, basically. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll. No. Chuck Knoll is on this list, but he is number four all time. Number four. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. He's frozen. He's a – there's like – So that means, Chris and Gladys, you got control. We're going to go back to you. I think, Gladys, you are up. What do you got? Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, numero uno on the list with a 636 winning percentage. So you have number one, you got number two, and you got number four. Chris, do you got any more? Huh. That's the thing. Like, yeah, who else? It's, it's I, I only know like, three coaches. So I know. It's almost like <laughs> just worth, worth throwing it to the other team just to see if they can come up on. But they're probably over there like Googling it right now. Um... <laughs> Bastards. Um, <laughs> how about uh, oh, what's the guy? Oh shit! Not that guy. Oh, <laughs> well, too much time on the clock, Gladys. Let's say you. I I literally only know three coaches. I'm sorry. I okay. <laughs> Okay, we got we got two strikes. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Chris, what's that you? Uh I just stop it. Get some help. <laughs> I answered. I answered. All right. All right, guys. You guys have a chance to steal. You can talk amongst yourselves here. We're looking for all time winning percentage on your co in coach history excuse me in Steeler coach history you got number three and number five available i was born in 1995 i've only seen two <laughs> coaches okay i don't know i, See, I only know three <laughs> yeah i was born in the nowhere so this is really throwing me off <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> my parents might i don't <laughs> there's no lifelines bro <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if lifelines would help us. 
We were so bad. We were so bad from 33 to 71. Like, we went through so many coaches. Yeah. So no, like, sure they not, were all fine people, but you know, you can pull, <laughs> try to pull out one. Try to pull out one. Try to pull out one. God, that was, I like that one. <laughs> so you ready? Ready for the names? Yeah, number, three, so number three, Jock Sutherland. Yes, that guy. He was thirteen nine and one with a five hundred ninety one. Thirteen nine and one. Number five, Buddy Parker, fifty seven forty six and six. 520 all time. How do you not know about the old times of Buddy Parker? I mean, I, <laughs> oh my god, or Jock. I don't know. The, 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 the dominant <laughs> run offense. <laughs> all right, let's get on. This is question number three. I, I dare to say this is when they get harder. We got oh Chris, we got Gladys versus Herms on this one. I'm going back to all-time history. But I want to know winning percentage. I want to know the teams you have the best winning percentage against. Oh, God. In all-time history? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, Herbs. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Damn it. That was a good guess. <laughs> Gladys, what say you? All-time history. Um, the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. Never, never more, my dear. All right, Herm, what say you? Okay, I think I'm going to go outside the division this time because that makes way more sense. Um, I, th You know what? The Seahawks have never been very good against the Steelers, so sure. The the Seahawks. I'm spitballing. I don't know. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is always the one that trips everybody up, bro. It's all good. Gladys, what say you? Um, Miami Dolphins. The America's team. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins. I just wanted it to be there. I know, me too. All right, <laughs> All right. so so we're gonna get into overtime rules now. So basically, okay. we're gonna go we're gonna go to Herms again, and then we're gonna go to Gladys, and, we're, and basically we'll get to the point where if somebody gets it, it's pretty much just it. We won't go through the round. Whoever gets the highest answers, how we'll go. Herms, what other guess you got? I'm gonna throw it back to the Houston Oilers. Oh the the Oilers or Titans? Yeah. yeah. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Gladys, what say you? Um, see the Cowboys, Gladys, Cowboy. Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, he's frozen. You eat. You idiot. <laughs> Even this thing that are frozen. <laughs> All right, so now, now we'll take it off the host there for a second. Let's go to your teammate, see if we got it. Sports talking it. What's up, bro? What is it? I'm going with the Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> Chris, let's do Raiders. 
So I'm, I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't count, but I don't know. We're getting close to about twenty something <laughs> left. I mean, we gotta get one. Someone's gonna hit one. I'm Chris, you. go ahead. What do you got? I'm with my teammate. Let's go Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Somebody get some help. Herms, back to you. Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, the You know what? The Houston Texans, because they've barely been around. The Texans. <laughs> Go with the, the percentage numbers there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. I give up. I don't know. Oh, I don't boy, know. This is crazy. I, I don't think Jets. we've had it gone this long before. Gladys. The Jets. Gladys, on you. Um, Jets, New York Jets. The Jets. Finally, finally. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Wow. <laughs> By a nose, I can't even <laughs> believe it. The By Jets, they are actually number five on this list. You're, oh, eight, <laughs> you're 18 and seven all time against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, here are the other teams in order. Panthers are number one, uh, seven and one all time against the Panthers. Falcons are number two, 15, two and one for the, against the Falcons. Is uh, it the Rams? The Buccaneers 10 and 2, they're number 3 and number 4, the Colts 21 and 6. Damn. Now, we since since it's a clean sweep tonight, I'm going to I'm going to at least read through the last one. The last crew is the all-time losing fran the franchise they have the losing percentage against worst percentage against my bad can't even spit it out the bears are number one you're the worst winning percentage against the bears eight nineteen and one all time number two the eagles believe it or not 29 48 and three the rams are number three nine fifteen and two the broncos are number four you're 10 15 and one against the broncos and then the giants coming at number five 31 43 and three if you don't know now you know Congratulations, though, to Gladys and Chris. You are tonight's winners. What do we win? Holy hallelujah, we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You, you get you get the winning video. That's what you get. I, I like that video. I like. And unfortunately, video. guys, on our show, it's tradition. When we have a winner, we do have a loser. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Not a chance anymore tonight. All right, well, let's go around the room. Let everyone plug themselves. Um, we're going to go to, after the commercial break, we'll be getting into our fantasy focus. More than welcome to stay, but I want to give you that time to dip out if you need to. Chris, let's start with you. Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? Much appreciated. Uh, over at That Effin Sports Show, E-F-I-N. We're on YouTube. You can find us at That Effin Show, E-F-I-N on twitter you can use that handle on youtube 
just keyword EFIN to on anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find us. And of course, you'll find us over on the Fantasy Sports Network, where we've recently been invited and graciously accepted it. Uh, the invitation to proud to be a part of the Fantasy Sports Corporation. Uh, that F in the Sports Show, look for us all season. We'll be putting out great fantasy content that you can use all year long. EFIN. Thanks, guys. Gotta Go love Steelers. it. Gotta love it. Gladys, what say you? Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? You can follow me on Twitter at Gladys L. Tyler. Subscribe to the Going for Two Network. I write offensive during the season. And follow me on Razball, right? Defensive during the season, and then podcast on Monday nights, two point conversion, where during the season we talk betting scores and such. And then on Thursday, it's called the No Particular Order podcast, has nothing to do with sports whatsoever. We just mock draft stupid shit a lot. All right. Gotta love stupid shit for sure. All right, and then up next, it's driving Miss Tacey. Sound a good time with you. Where can we get all your great content, my friend? Can you we hear up there? Yeah. Who? Yeah. yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah. We're talking it. <laughs> driving Miss Tacey. <laughs> Got it. Gotta love it. That's where you can follow, subscribe, get his great content. Herms, what about you? Where can we follow, subscribe, and get your great stuff, friend? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Herms NFL. I'm also one of the writers and analysts over at DraftSharks.com. So if you go to that web address, it will pull you up to that website, which, as I said, is where I get money from. So, All right. I love that so, website. Even more important, the ladder. So make sure we pull that up for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, like I said, I hope you guys had a good time with the game. We'll do the quick commercial break. Please stick around. But if you if you got a dip, that's cool. And appreciate you guys coming. If not, we'll see you back for the Fantasy Focus. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. All right, good girl, Gingerbread. Let's get on with the fantasy focus for the Steelers. You know, we, you, know we start, you know, we start right off with the internet issue. So, and we start with the QB. Um, let's start with QB Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm not going to waste a lot of time with my analysis, quite frankly. He's not someone I'm targeting as of now. I got him ranked 25th. Um, just looking outside of the, uh, of the Steelers' uh, glasses right now, I'm just not seeing enough for me to look at Kenny Pickett 
and any type of redraft. Obviously, if we're talking dynasty, it's certainly okay to take a stab at Kenny Pickett, but he's probably on somebody's roster already, um, unless they dropped him. Um, so, but and like I said, long story short, he's just not somebody I'm targeting right now. Um, and I'll, like I said, I'll let the I'll let the experts talk about it. Justin, what say you? No, oh, well, I'm no expert, but I'll tell you this. Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, is not a fantasy quarterback I want to go grab. Um, I got him at 31 right now. And I think that's gracious considering I still have one more spot I could lower him to uh, to be a starting quarterback. So here's my problem with Kenny Pickett. He doesn't run enough to be a threat. And his numbers dictate that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers without the touchdowns. So what's Aaron Rodgers without the touchdowns mean? 212 yards flat and maybe like one touchdown and an interception. That's kind of what Kenny Pickett has kind of given off vibe-wise for this past season. And if this offense, you know, stays relatively the same under Matt Canada, then, you know, we might be sending his – you guys might have to send his butt back to Canada and get yourself an American OC. I know he's probably American. I'm just fucking around with it. But long story short, Kenny Pickett is just one of those guys that, you know, even if he dunked it down to Najee Harris 50 times, he's not getting those points for those receptions. So it's like, why am, why am I going to waste my time with a guy who's not really got everything that he needs? He's got everything he needs, but he just can't use it well. Now you're on mute. So he's creating his own technical like difficulties. Geez, though, please. The, reg- the rest of them aren't hard enough for you. You got to create your own. I, I can't like win tonight, I can tell you. Okay. PSR, thank you for checking in. Good evening. And Hollywood Titan, appreciate you as well. Herm, let's go to you. Um, let's talk about the QB position. What do you say? I think Pickett is an interesting option if you're playing in one of those leagues like, you know, shout out to Scott Fishbowl. What up? Hey, you know, Superflex got your two quarterback thing. But, I mean, he's nothing more than that. I mean, if you're playing in a single QB league, you don't really have to worry about it. But I do want to push back against the idea that, like, Pickett's just, like, god-awful like, never going to be good and that he's, you know, because like, I get that he was not particularly great last year. It's perfectly fine. But – the thing that bothers me the most is, like, A, people are just, like, way too impatient about quarterback development. Like, we'll see a guy start six games, and it's like, no, but it's over. He's terrible. Blah, suck. Like, okay, like, chill. We need to see more things. And then also, it's one cherry-picked stat. I will freely admit that, but it's my favorite thing to say. From week 12 of last year through the end of the regular season, he was PFF's number one graded passing quarterback. So, ha-ha, ha-ha. No, I mean, he'll, he'll be okay. Like, he runs sometimes, okay, and he'll be like decent in like really good matchups. But unless you're playing super flex, you don't have to care about this. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with it. And shout out to Scott Fishbowl, absolutely. At Sports Talking It, what do you say, my friend? I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a good buy, like a buy filling quarterback this year. Um, you know, if he can figure out how to utilize Johnson a little more, maybe get him in the end zone, unlike last year, um, I think he'd be all right. That's just my thoughts. I think he'd be a good buy fill-in, though. Yeah, depends on – I think Chris uh, talked about your schedule earlier, and there could be a certain time. You guys are playing the AFC South, as he mentioned earlier. Titans, we know, last year were absolutely horrendous in the secondary. Could be a nice matchup this year for you as well. Chris, what say you, though? Uh, give me Kenny Pickett. Where do you got him ranked? 
Well, 31 is a bit low. I'll probably go in the uh, mid-20s, low-20 range. I think there's plenty of guys that are worse than him. There's a lot of teams that have a lot more questions at quarterback. Um, and I'm not just picking on Justin here, but, you know, the, the numbers and the expectations really do kind of compare to what I would, you know, see out of, out of Brock Purdy. Um, you know, good enough to get in there, get it done. But he's right. You're not going to get 300 yards and five touchdowns out of the guy. He's not going to be someone you need to, to throw in there and play in a redraft league, a flex option. Even that's a maybe. He, you know, he's going to be good for the team. He's going to do what he needs to do for the team. He's going to get some wins. He's got Najee Canada as a run first guy. Um, so you'll see a lot of options and stuff. <coughs> You'll, you'll see improvement, but when you're talking from a fantasy perspective, even as a Steelers fan, he's not something I particularly need, someone I particularly need to roster. All right, well, let's go to the running back position. Listen, it's Najee, Mr. Harris, if you're nasty. I mean, not for nothing. This guy is definitely a top-tier running back. You just mentioned earlier they're going to be run heavy, so he's somebody that you do want to target. I do like him a lot, like him to step up this year. I got to keep coming back to make sure I'm not frozen. Um, so I, I like I like Najee. Um, I got him right now. I got him ranked 10th overall. I got him a top 10 running back this year, the way this offense is set up. So I do like it. Justin, let's go to you, sir. I, I got him at 12. Um, his yards created stats are not the most impressive. And uh, you're, you're kind of banking on him to get at least 50 catches a year to kind of be – the productive guy that finished four a year ago. So for me, I'm looking at it like, you know, the doc said it, he hasn't missed a game. That's a really tough stat. And that's an awesome stat for a running back. But, you know, that isn't always the prophecy that's foreseen in every season. And, you know, I'm not going to be totally banking on, he has to have an absolutely perfect season in order for him to be, in that top five, you know, so I'm not going to bank on him being that top five guy. I'm not going to bank on him getting 50 to 70 catches, all that type of stuff. If I can get him as a third selection, I'll be happy with it, but I'm not going to reach for Najee Harris, especially not in this offense. I mean, I know they like to run it all, but they still have not kind of, in my opinion, built that line to where I'm like, so like solid on their run game being this force at sports talking it do you think they're going to be a force this year running back i think they're going to throw it more this year i really do um but i would have Najee over there in that 12 13th rank overall it's scary he only had a thousand yards last year on i think he had like um what was it two oh i hate not being at my desk commission (laughs) you're good bro um 272. 272. Yeah. And he had um, uh, 1,034, seven touchdowns, and he also had three in the air. So I, I have him at 12. I mean, you know, third, fourth round pick, maybe. I know people are going to grab him early, but because that's just the way they are with running backs, because, you know, usually in a 12 man league to a piece, that's 24 right there, you know. But. But I would I would say he's in that twelve bit thirteen range right there. I like it. I like it a lot. Chris, what say you? Um, yeah, I kind of like that top ten, top so right in there, plus or minus area. Uh, um, like I said, Canada likes to run the ball. I mean, 
look, Najee was RB12 in yards. He was uh, RB7 in uh, touchdowns, and that's with uh, P. Ryan and Hillard sitting there at five and six. Um, 15 in receptions, and, and I agree, you know, the receptions I think are going to go up even if they're just dunk downs. Um, fantasy points, he comes out at RB12 last year, and that's with a brand-new quarterback. That's with weaknesses on the whole line. They've made adjustments to that left side to help uh, open up holes and, and protect Pickett back there. Um, you know, everybody talks about that 2021 uh, season. He had 74 receptions last year. You know, of course, he only had 41. But look, in that 2021 season and last year, he had three receiving touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns both years. Um, the fantasy points were just better for PPR. And, you know, that's where the big note notable was. But now that We've seen improvement. This is a, a new team that can do new things. Um, you know, right around that top 10 range, I think that's a great spot. Sports talking, it's absolutely right. People are going to grab early, but um, everybody always does that takes running backs early because they consider running backs a premium, which is true. Um, but I, I, I think he'll be worth, you know, He's, he's, he's not going off for the, the how early people are going to take him, but that's a matter of necessity. But I think people will be happy that they have him um, paired up with another good running back. He's not going to carry your team, but he's definitely going to be able to uh, uh, get you some wins throughout the season. Jalen Warren being his handcuff for sure. Let's go to Herms. What Master T in there now too as well. Watch. I was just ready to ask that, you know, but we'll get – I was just ready to ask what you guys thought of Jalen Warren, but we'll get a Herms answer first. Uh, I'll start with that actually because that's a pretty interesting thing that a lot of people have pointed out. I mean, I – I like to read a lot of the things that Mark Cavalli does for the team over the athletic. He's probably my favorite Steelers beat writer to follow. And, you know, he's mentioned pretty consistently the entire time, even going into, you know, OTAs and mini camps, like Jalen Warren just like looks a lot bigger. He's definitely put on a lot of weight and they are very the muscle. I heard. Yeah. So like there, he, he seems interesting in terms of just like, you know, training his body to carry a much larger workload. That's certainly interesting. And the other part is there was like a very interesting report that Mark Bali put out several weeks ago where they talked to Matt Canada about the offense. And he kind of sort of said in so many words that the front office and Mike Tomlin put the game plan together and just told him, hey, this is what we're going to do. They, they're not really taking his influence into this. And a key part of that was everything that I was saying earlier about sticking to the identity that made things really good for them after the bye week. Now, just to throw Jalen Warren out of it just for a second so we can focus on Najee Harris, that's a really interesting part there. Because after that time, from week 10 on, among all running backs who had at least 100 carries, Harris ranked eighth in pro football focus rushing grade, shout out, seventh in PFF receiving grade among all running backs as well, third in rushing yards, seventh in PFF elusive rating, which, you know, takes into account, you know, the forced tackles and the misses and stuff. So that's good. And then fifth in yards after contact. So like this dude, when they really dialed back the pass rate and made everything about just jamming things through the run, his efficiency went up. And that was also, mind you, last mic drop, the, the Liz Frank injury, okay? Like, he got hurt, played with that all the way from the beginning of camp through the early part of the season, and people just, like, forget that because it's like, well, Jalen Moore looked a lot more explosive than Najee earlier on in the season. I'm like, yeah, because one of them had two feet. 
The other one did not have a second. Like, what do you want? Like, I'm sorry. There's just this willingness to just abandon Najee Harris in the fantasy space because it's like, well, he came into the league old and he was kind of bad. And blah, blah. You know, it's just, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. He's been super good each year. He's fine. He's found the end zone double digit times each year. What do you want? Okay. What do you want? Gotta love it. We gotta oh, love it. What about when everyone was? I'm sorry, Commissioner, I cut you, you off. Go, I'm sorry. You go, go ahead. What go about ahead. Was saying like by week four that they they think uh, Warren might be the full starter. Good for them. <laughs> just like let's go run around here. But you know they love they love controversy on the radio around here. Everyone yeah. knows. That. Well, listen, sure. we we got a question on this show when we hear kind of weird things like that. You can ask them for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get to that receiver position, and we got a little bit of some value here. We got two good receivers off the jump with George Pickin and Deontay Johnson. Due to my internet issues, I'm not going to sit here and talk too long. I'll just say we got two decent receivers that I'm looking at either wide receiver two or a little bit below hand. Justin, I'll go to you first. What do you say? Right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as of right now, I'm looking at George Pickens as 30. I really like the prospect of Pickens. I think he's got a little bit more talent and gas than Deontay Johnson does. I mean, it's really telling when you get 140 targets and you can't even register one touchdown. I mean, that's kind of like more indicative of, you know, the offense. But if it's the same offense, are we looking at it the same way? I mean, obviously, he's not going to get zero touchdowns again. There's no freaking way, right? A number one receiver getting back-to-back years of zero touchdowns? No freaking way. But with the with my comments about Kenny Pickett before, now, I don't want to come across a total hater, but I just don't see how this offense, you know, steps it up to the level where they can support a Najee Harris, a Pat Fryermuth, a possible Darnell Washington sneaking into this offense as well. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and then possibly a third slot receiver and maybe even Jalen Warren too. I don't think Kenny Pickett's got the ability to support all of that. So that being said, something's got to drop off. I think Deontay Johnson not getting the touchdowns and maybe more of the red zone looks going to Fryermuth and Pickens is going to go against his fantasy value this year. That's why I'm going to be looking more at Pickens, who's got kind of a value drop right now um, as he's kind of falling into that wide receiver three range, whereas you know Deontay Johnson still hangs around that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three range. I think I'll take the drop on Pickens and get Fryermuth a little later on and bank on them getting the more valuable touchdown production than Deontay Johnson getting, you know, the targets and the receptions. Because I think that at the end of the day, you know, while he might get 100 targets again, if he really is in that lower touchdown range, and we're talking about Pickens getting, you know, maybe 100 targets, 90 targets, then there's going to be some way to make it up, and I think it's going to be in the touchdowns. Chris, what say you, friend? Um. I agree with, you know, Justin's end conclusion, just not how we got there, uh, of course. And I am a Steelers fan, so that is factored in there. But as a fantasy football fan, I mean, I would be worried about 
you know, going too high on anybody. I mean, yes, we talked about 10, 11, 12 wins and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, these are going to be done as a team. There's not going to be – I mean, Najee Harris is going to be the fantasy standout for this team, and everybody else has to, is going to have to do their job. Um, I hope that Johnson doesn't have to see 150 targets like he did last year. P- Pickens is going to take uh, some of those. Najee's going to take some of those. Friermuth is going to take some of those. And I think Firemuth is probably your second best fantasy option to get points. Uh, and, and, of course, he's nowhere up in the, that top three level. So, um, you know, Firemuth top seven overall in fantasy points last year. Top uh, five for receptions over 20 yards. Um, top six in yards and receptions and targets for tight ends overall. So Fryermuth is worth looking at. But if you're talking about guys catching the ball in Pittsburgh and being a you know fantasy contributor, uh, and let, unless this league is deep or or you're running a lot of receivers, and this is as a Steelers fan from the fantasy perspective, I don't think Pittsburgh somewhere you need to put a lot of time and effort into, uh, especially that receiving core. Herm, we'll go to you next. I guess I was frozen there for a second. My bad. <laughs> what do you say, my friend? No, uh, I mean, I really think that this is still the Deontay Johnson show. I think people are very tired of him for some reason, I guess. But the, there's really nothing stopping him from doing what he's been doing the last several years. Like Since his rookie season, he's had three consecutive years of at least 140 targets in this offense. It's all on him. And even last year, we talk about how like big of a difference the touchdowns were and the fact that he didn't score any of them. But still finishing wide receiver 28 overall in PPR is not bad considering he didn't find the end zone. And then another fun thing that I found out, when we look at all players in the Super Bowl era that finished the season without a single touchdown, Deontay Johnson ranked, uh, here we go, first in PPR points, just total PPR points. First in targets, third in receiving yards, and sixth in PPR points per game. Basically the most historic zero touchdown fantasy season for a wide receiver that's, like, ever happened. So, like, I like George Pickens as a real-life football player. I think he'll be interesting, but he needs to do a considerably better job of expanding his responsibilities. I mean, he's really good at just chucking it down, and he makes some really cool highlight plays. But in terms of just, I mean – his PFF receiving grade was not particularly high. His drop percentage was something that was a little dangerous, which is kind of dangerous to throw out too much, especially for like super high volume receivers. But like Pickens did not receive enough work to the point where I feel like we can just throw that out. And, you know, I like Pat Fryermuth. We'll talk about the tight ends. He'll be a factor for that as well. But like Deontay Johnson's the guy. He's always been the guy. <laughs> We, we need to stop pretending that he's not going to be the – he's really good. They gave him a lot of money for a reason. Before this last season started, that extension was not cheap, okay? Like, they can't just go away from it all of a sudden. Like, he's the dude. I would draft him way before I draft Pickens. You heard it here. Don't forget so, it because so, a lot of, a lot of rankings got Pickens higher. Does it, does it worry you that, you know, Pickens had 81 less yards – on literally 30 60 more. less targets. And so, 30 less catches. 
Well, the other yeah. thing about that is that like Deontay's going to do a lot more short area stuff. Where, like I said, you're chucking it more to George Pickens anyway. So just by virtue of their responsibilities, Pickens is going to see these much larger chunk yardage plays than some. Well, now the reason it's concerning though. Now- well, what I'm saying is their production is pretty much even for what you're getting with Deontay Johnson, and you got to pay up for Deontay Johnson over but- Pickens. The thing like, is, you you're know, getting it more in terms of the consistency and the high floor of the scoring. Because, like, you're right, whenever Pickens went off, it was super great. But those lows, because he's not seeing nearly as many looks going his way, just because we're talking PBR, we love the volume. We love the guys that can rack that up. So at least in terms of the safety of the floor, I would rather take Deontay Johnson. But, like, yeah, like a best ball tournament or something, I see no reason to take uh, to not take a late shot on Pickens. Like, I, I get it, but just yeah. – general redraft it's where it gets a little bit tricky for me yeah, you when you talk like, about those yardage that that yardage differential is only 80 different yards look pickens had uh, excuse me uh johnson had 10 plays over 20 yards pickens had 25 i mean those are chunk yardage plays uh like herm said i mean you throw the ball downfield yeah pickens is going to catch it and so he's going to get that yardage uh, but volume and especially in a ppr league you know johnson's going to win that battle every time all right that's so what i'm mostly getting at here is, is that oh i'm sorry i'm sorry I was gonna... while we're having this full conversation about the wide receivers with with that calvin austin coming back and the addition of Allen robinson will they be more i will this open up johnson more and and uh pickens because there's all of a sudden more to cover out there and firemouth i i feel that these two wide receivers might go off this year Bada bing. That's the way. Hey, I like the way to button that up there because we haven't heard that perspective. I like it. All right, let's move on to the tight end and defensive position. We'll just kind of group it together so we don't have to be here all night. Let's go to the tight end first. We'll start with that since everyone was talking about it already. Tight end. I mean, Pat Firemuth, listen, I mean, in a position that's a desolate wasteland in fantasy, Pat Firemuth is interesting. I got him 11th. So, and in a, in a dree draft, he's definitely rosterable and somebody to go after. I like, um, I like you guys mentioned all the great things about Pat Firemuth. Um, and like I said, it's sports talking. It just button it up there at the end as well. So I like his prospects this season and he's definitely, like I said, rosterable. And again, one of those guys that you don't have to spend big time draft qu- uh, capital on, you can wait a little longer for him and build up that team around him. And then he can be that that little fill-in to put the cherry on top for that fantasy championship. Justin, oh, I'm sorry. And defensively, again, how can you not like the Steelers? They were great last year. They were 12th overall, excuse me, 19th ranked in fantasy last year. I got them. There was a lack of turnovers is what I was reading. And a tough division as well, but that seems to be um, stepping up this year. When, when, as Gladys said earlier, when T.J. Watt came in, it was a whole different football theme. And like I said, the tale of two halves she mentioned earlier. So, Give a whole healthy Steelers roster this year. You could see a great defense. Chris alluded to it earlier. You're playing the AFC South, so some good, like you brought up the Colts in Week 15, might be a great matchup to throw them in. So definitely a defense to look out for as well. All right, let's move on. Justin, we'll see you. Uh, yeah, so I love Pat Fryermuth. I, I He was one of my favorite guys to draft as a rookie. I've had him on a ton of dynasty rosters. Um He's he's the epitome to me of a Jason Witten. He is just one of those guys. He takes his lunch pail to work, and he gets the job done. Now, will he get the touchdowns? That's always the deciding factor. 
Um, I've been preaching it all show long, and I won't stop doing it until this offense shows me that it can feed multiple mouths, uh, eight touchdowns a season. I probably won't go too high on them. Now, I'll try and get Fryermuth right around where I would get Chig. But, you know, if it comes down to Chig or Fryermuth, I'm going to go with the guy who's maybe number one in his offense over the guy who's maybe number three. So that's just that's just how that works for me. Uh, obviously, everybody has something different on that one. Um, and then the Steelers' defense. Love the Steelers' defense. I love what they did. They got rid of Cameron Sutton. They got out the guy that was – you know, asking for a contract. They brought in Joey Porter Jr., a legacy to the team. I think he's going to do some good stuff at that corner position, like the Nick Hedwig or the Hedwig um, selection as well. I think he dropped in the draft a little bit. Um, and overall, you know, like Lada said, this defense is just so much better when TJ Watt is on the field. Cameron Hayward can just focus on being an interior rusher. And, you know, you can have the guy on the outside just wreaking havoc on opposing teams' quarterbacks. I like this defense. I always draft this defense. A Mike Tomlin defense is always well run. It's like a Bill Belichick defense, but it's always got a little bit more to it. You know what I mean? There's always a little bit more turnovers, forced fumbles. All these guys seem to go and get these sacks and these interceptions. There's just, I don't know. I can't really tell you what it is. But I'll just tell you this: draft the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That's the best analysis I've heard all night. <laughs> what say you, my friend? Uh, well, just starting first with the Steelers defense. I mean, like, yeah, they're really good. So, I mean, there's no reason to really doubt that. Yeah. No, another but, good one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, more seriously though, I mean, the thing that I have been concerned about for them for well, okay, well, the thing I've always been concerned about in my entire lifetime is the secondary. But I think I'm just always going to feel that way, you know, because I've, I've wanted them to draft like a first round cornerback since I was a kid. And I guess Joey Porter kind of counts because it was the 32nd pick. I know it was whatever, if for the, whatever. So I guess that counts. Fine. Success. But, you know, I so the corners are going to be interesting. I know like Mika Fitzpatrick's going to be great doing his thing. But who kind of rotates in is that second safety? Because I know that like Monte Casey's still there. They also like Keanu Neal. Like, I'm not sure which one of them's going to, and it might depend on the, like the certain packages and stuff and whatever responsibilities like, but I still really want to know that. And the thing I was saying earlier, but like the lack at like middle linebacker depth, like the interior linebackers, like that's going to be weird along with the fact that they've tried to backfill the defensive front with younger guys, which is cool. But like, I don't know when the, all the starters are out there, it's a fierce run defense. It's really hard to run on them. But obviously, as you know, the games go along, you have to cycle in, you know, certain groups of people to give certain people rest and all that stuff. And when they put in some of those reserves for some of those snaps on some of those drives, that's when it's pretty easy for things to fall apart on them. So, you know, like as long as that unit continues to just that front seven really gets to gel and they develop those younger guys, like hopefully that issue gets resolved in time. But Pratt Fryermuth, very quickly, super fun. <laughs> And if we're really worried about can they support two viable pass catchers, like, yeah, they did it last year. <laughs> well, the three, I, I, I don't think they can support three anyway. That's, that's, but I'm just but there are people who worry about two, okay? Like, I can see your body language. There are people who worry about two. We'll worry about three when we get there. But <laughs> seriously, like, for all I said earlier about Deontay Johnson's historic zero-catch season, like, he was super good. And Pat Frymuth pretty much just finished number six in all sorts of lists, all sorts of categories. Let me start with the first one. Tight end six overall in PPR scoring. That was pretty cool. And then among 27 wide receivers who received at least 50 targets last year, 
Pat Frymuth finished sixth in PFF receiving grade and in target share and in his air yard share and in his yards per route run. Some of those very, you know, fun, you know, predictive analytics that we can look at to be like, wow, okay. You know, because the higher that number is, the more generally you can feel good about those dudes, especially when they do it on higher volume. Like Pat Frymuth is very easily going to end up securing somewhere between like the 17-ish to 20-ish percent target share that you want a dominant fantasy tight end to do. That combined with the now how many touchdowns, that'll be whether he's a top five guy or just another, you know, top eight, top 10 guy again this year. But like he's about as safe as it's going to get, man. He is that safety blanket for Kenny Pickett, even after last year, after they traded Chase Claypool, like, I, whatever. I said I would talk about this quickly. I've already said enough. But Pratt Fire Move <laughs> is very good. So there you go. You're good. No, that was great. Great. And you're oh, spot on. Everything you're saying, I'm just nodding my head because you're spot on about it. So, yeah, I'm with it. Let's go. Sports Talking A, what say you with tight end and D? Where you got him? Um, I like Pat Fryermuth. Um, he needs to get in the end zone more, of course. He only had two touchdowns last year, one from Mitch and one from um, Kenny. Um, but I, I, he's a big target. And we give maybe we needed to give Kenny another year. Um, I know I wanted to say in the beginning the three words, let the rookie start. Um, but that was, that was my three words of the day there. And that was for last season. Um, but, yeah, that's the – just feel that Pat and him are going to be on a good page this year. I don't know if he's going to be top 10, but he might finish at the end like 11. And that, that's what I feel about that. Um, I feel the loss. I, I know Miles Jack might have been a headache, but he did lead the team in tackles at 104. Um, so we, we, we lost a good tackler. And Minka Fitzpatrick was second with 96. And... Um, I forget who was after Minka, but he had 81. Does anyone know that number? Do you guys still have Joe Schobert? No, no, he's he's gone too. But like I but like I said earlier though, that's a it happened too much. But Cole Holcomb, seriously, Steelers fans, if you haven't read about him enough yet, please do so. Like, dude, he's gonna. I like I like Cole Holcomb. He went for he went for a lot of money in my dynasty uh, dynasty draft. <laughs> dude, he racks up tackles left and right. He's gonna be a machine doing that. But I, I feel this defense could be pretty good. Um, I do have Mink on my team, so I'm excited about that. So, so this is my first year doing an IDP, so I took Minka because he gets a lot of tackles. And they had a lot of turnovers. 20 interceptions last year and 40 sacks, I believe. So without DJ in the in the lineup, they still did pretty good. Minka's a playmaker, too, so not a bad IDP mm -hmm. guy at all. Chris, oh, let's talk about him from the Miami team. Huh? <laughs> I got to throw that in there. From America's team, Chris, what say you, my friend? Wrap us up tight end D. You're not going to get me to Chris Collinsworth this thing. It's been said, man. Like it, it's, it's there. Everybody's spot on. Uh, the running theme with the Pittsburgh defense is as long as Watt's healthy, they're a good unit. It's, you he goes down and you know you're gonna have to stream a replacement that's that's it the rest has been said these guys are pretty smart you did a good job <laughs> well, super smart indeed well listen we appreciate you guys being in tonight it's like i said fourth happy fourth eve if you will time to get the party started and we got a busy day tomorrow because it's sit around get wasted get the grill on swim 
boobies, all that. It's what America is all about, like America's team, the Miami Dolphins. Guys, thank you guys so much. Good luck to your Pittsburgh. Good luck to your Pittsburgh. I know you can hear those fireworks. I know they're they're going off. I was hoping to get a picture of them, but it's not seeable from where I'm sitting. They're going off everywhere, man. We're get it's everyone's getting live, getting pumped up. We appreciate you guys. I'm outside, though, I'm outside right now, and I was hoping to get them on the screen. Nice. So well, I appreciate you. Don't worry, I'm gonna put them on here for us. We're out of here, guys. Thank you again. We'll see you guys on the fifth, where we are bringing. What are oh, we're doing? Baltimore Ravens, by the way, on Wednesday. So oh yeah, you have Matt. Make sure, good- you, make sure you guys tune in. I know all your Steelers fan, fans will love that. Make sure you follow, subscribe, get all of our great guest content. For us, do us a solid. Hit the subscribe, hit the follow, hit the like, hit the comment. We appreciate you. Happy 4th, and we are out. Happy 4th of July from your friends at the Fantasy Sports Corporation. I need your vote.